Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 31-year-old from Colorado Springs, USA. His hockey journey has taken him to the USA, Austria, Slovakia, and he has quickly become a legend in Sheffield, England. He earned his way to Northeastern University out of the USHL and the Lincoln Stars. And when he got to the Huskies, he had a time becoming a Hockey East champion and was named to the all-tournament team, Confirmed Gamer. He mucked around the coast in the A, and his teams for four consecutive years played at least 10 playoff games. After putting up 22 points with the Idaho Steelheads, he headed for Innsbruck, Austria, and was promptly named one of the team captains. He then had his way with the Slovak League and played another 13 playoff games. But he may be best known for what he is doing nowadays in Sheffield, England, He already has put up 20 points as a D-man and for fun is a plus 16 and has the orange on the cusp of doing some special shit this season. And he has the best name and beard in hockey. Welcome to the shed, Colton Saucerman. Oh, brother. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. And, uh, well, I get into how we know each other. And uh, your teammate, Kevin Tanzi, I really took a shine to him. I think he gets hockey and he knows what it's all about. And uh, I say shed guys, no shed guys. And I've seen you and him having fun this season. You dress up in costumes and go to games. And I just think that's hockey. Yeah, man. We Every time we get together, um, since we it's finally fun. got the chance to, to meet and play together, we've just got a good energy between the two of us and obviously Champini being here too it's just we're having a great time so far this season I can tell <laughs> winning's fun isn't it? <laughs> winning is fun <laughs> um what actually what it brings back for me though is you know none of you guys are young puppies anymore but um when you get to the UK league at the tail ends of your career not that I'm saying you are because you could play there for a decade but when I got to Cardiff um, and I had, you know, had my ups and downs in my career, you could say um, they signed myself and Trevor Hendricks, also great beard. Um, and we hadn't played together since we were rookies on the Daytona beach bombers. And when we got together at that time in our lives, we decided we were going to hockey the shit out of that season. And we had so much fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I mean, you're definitely not wrong. Like I think we're, all of us are kind of at the back nine of our careers and um yeah i've just always That's i remember you coming enjoy over the sport right yeah no exactly i mean and i think you just like you want to hang on to it as long as you can and just like but i think i really got an interest in this league when my senior year of college like we came over and played in that friendship four tournament in belfast yeah 
and just like seeing their arena um, playing in that tournament. And then I think my assistant coach at the time too, he had played for the giants and he said he loved it. And he was like, Oh, the UK is just a great time. Like, so I think since then it had kind of been on my mind to like come here eventually. Yep. Um, and then eventually and Foxy, that day comes, right? It came yeah, for me no, too. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. I think it was just perfect timing and, you know, you always want a chance to play with guys that you really get along with and have good friendships with. And so it was kind of a, a no brainer to make this season, the season to come over. Yeah. And you guys are doing well. And you know what you're staying there the first time you see the league and what the culture's like. And, um, I uh, was playing in Germany and we came over to play Sheffield and uh, I, you know, we played two games for the weekend, but then both teams went out on the town after the Saturday game and it was just more relaxed. It was more fun than um, where I have been, had been playing in Europe. And uh, yeah. when I got to Cardiff, man, it was, it, I, it brought back all my love of hockey again, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's stuff like they're, you know, I kind of, when I made the jump to Europe originally, like it was just kind of a weird time to do it with the tail end of COVID and stuff and stuff really wasn't open back up yet. And then, uh, you know, I didn't mind Slovakia. It just was a, that was a big culture shock, you know, it just was very different than anything I'd ever experienced before. And so it was nice to come back overseas, but be in a spot where you can go to the grocery store and read everything. And, you know, yep. you're not trying to have to translate with the people at the post office and just little things that you take for granted and you know it's hard and obviously i tried to accept being in their culture and try to pick up the language but it's it's hard man it's really hard so i think we were just looking for an easier uh situation over here in england and uh sheffield is a great spot i hate saying that out loud but um i do know they treat their players right um they do have a huge fan base and um it like and you guys are having a special year. Um, so it, it is interesting for me because I'm a Cardiff devil, you know, and, uh, yep. and now I get chocolate thrown on the ice in Manchester. So <laughs> I'm getting, I'm pretty confused these days, but then I see what your team's doing. And like, honestly, when I see pictures of shed guys and I see people having fun with the game and you guys showing up to the game dressed in outfits, um, it brought back memories of me and Hendo that like <laughs> we had the skin tight suits one. I was Venom and he was Spider-Man. And like nice. we walked, we walked around Cardiff Bay with my kids and people were taking photos with us. My son was dressed as Hulk and we were like superheroes <laughs> walking around the bay. And then I see you guys doing similar stuff in Sheffield, man. And hockey guys are hockey guys. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, we just like, we like to have fun with it. And we had worn those outfits. Uh, we went to visit a children's hospital couple of days before that and i That's i was just like it makes makes sense to to wear it on the boxing day game and they had, we had heard yeah no we had heard that that crowd was going to be fantastic and obviously it was a it was a big game in the sense of that was you know it was the first time we were going to play nottingham again and so i think it was like more to just like maybe take some tension away from it too yep. and just yep. like yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like try it and all, get some smiles on people's faces again. And uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the other thing I would say is um, when you do stuff like that, when you show up to a game in a costume, um, you got to go out and win that game, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I had to ask. I had to make sure Foxy was okay that I bend the dress code for one game. <laughs> well, I'm, he seems like he gets hockey. He's put together quite the roster. <laughs> yeah. No, he is. You know, we, we, I really enjoy 
playing for him. He's, he's such a good balance of a player's coach and he can, he can relate to us and he understands like the grind. And obviously he was a tremendous player himself, but he's just got that little bit of like scare factor to him, you know, where it's got an edge. (laughs) Yeah, he does. And it's, you don't want to like disappoint him or let him down. So it's like, we play, extra hard and we get a leash you know from him but it's like we we never abuse it because we know that it's like you come down to the thunder so it sounds like everybody he has everybody's respect yeah definitely no for sure because i think he he understands what we are as a team and he and obviously did people, a great job right? yeah for sure no and, and that yeah that's the biggest thing is he brought in good good guys man and i know everybody kind of says that after every season or during the season like oh man we got such a good group of guys but i mean we really do and it's 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 an older it's a little bit older group so it's like we've all kind of done done our thing and like not many of us are like still chasing it in that way you know like the nhl dream is kind of in the rear view for us and so we're just like we want to win you know we want to win and like have fun doing it and Yep. We've all bought into to what he's trying to do, and right now it's working. So, um, yeah, and the you know I always say the closest teams win, um, but also the teams that don't care about who's getting the goals and assists and who's getting the extra minutes and um, people buying into being a penalty killer or a power play guy or whatever they are using you that you do it with a smile on your face and you do the best you can when you get out there. It's like with the guys that are like you say still chasing it. They can, when they don't get the ice time and they get all sour and they get all whiny little bitches, it brings a team mood down, right? Because then the guys that are running mucks, they see that on their team, right? And it's not, you can't win with that shit, but usually it was the guys that are still chasing it, trying to get to that next level, trying to get to that bigger deal, right? Yeah. No, it's only like human nature, right? Like I was in that same position too. You go through that stage where, man, I just want to, I just want a chance. I'm chasing it. I'm hungry. And, um, you know, it's nice being on a team this year where like that pressure to score every single game or the pressure to produce every game, like we don't feel that pressure because there's so many guys that can do that, you know, like, and we're, we're not, um, we're not one dimensional. We don't have one line that scores more than the other or plays more than the other. Like, yeah, we have a power play. We have two units, but like, any of our guys could play on the power, you know, that, yeah, on that situation. And it's like, nobody, nobody feels that pressure of like, like, oh man, I have to be the guy, like, because we just do it as a group collectively. And so it's, it's nice. Like if you don't don't score, (laughs) yeah, you know, like it's very rare. Like I haven't been on a team in my career where it's been like that, where, you know, I haven't felt the pressure of like being a power play guy, like, oh man, you know, uh, especially as an import, right? You go to Europe oh, and sure, they, yeah. they look, they look at the point so much. Um, yeah. It's like when I was in Germany, man, like when I was on a squad where everybody could do her and we had four lines, we won championships and then they cut the budget. We have nothing compared to what we used to have. And we hardly have three lines and the ones that are in the third line can't play. And um, there was so much pressure on me to score like more than the other team every game and it was like me and the other import on one line it's like well we have to score three or four goals or we can't win (laughs) yeah 
for sure. And no, and, and it just doesn't make it as fun, you know, like you're, no. yeah, you're getting points and whatever, but it's like, you ask any hockey player, they would trade their points away for winning championships. So, and that's trying, that's what we're trying to do. That's so we're it. trying to, you guys are, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I, and you want to win everything and you guys have a gosh darn good shot. So I do have to get into this. Okay. Um, I don't know if right, you're aware of this, but, um, <clears throat> There was a day once at the Sheffield Arena, we had Kit Kat get that with Evan Mosey when he was a Steeler, and um, the Steelers supported it. They sent it out. There's Kit Kats all over the ice when they won in overtime. Kit Kats everywhere. It, it was banana lands. So they, uh, the arena said we were never allowed to do that again. Sheffield let me know we couldn't do that. Um, so I'm not doing that, but the Challenge Cup Final is ran by the league, not the Steelers. So if I don't hear anything, I would like to have fun and make a challenge cup final really fun that when you guys win, um, Pansy's favorite chocolate bars, a Toblerone and um, Champini's or champ is a Cadbury dairy milk. So folks, if you, if you were, if you're a big Kevin Tansy fan and they win the championship and you want to give them a Toblerone, just be very careful you can't be throwing that from the top ropes because there's kids and whatnot. And that's what went wrong with Kit Kat. Get that. People were getting pelted with Kit Kats. We can't have that. So we got to get down to the glass. Nice, gentle lob over the glass for Tansy. And the Cadbury's, you can chuck those ones. They're pretty small. But what is your favorite chocolate bar? Man, um, I've been on a, I'm a big, like, dark chocolate guy. But they have, a, there's this Ferro Rocher Ooh, yeah. dark chocolate bar. That's like kind of one Hazel, lady. Hazelnuts are great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she gets me this bar pretty consistently after most of our home games. But yeah, anything, any dark chocolate. Honestly, I'm I'm a sucker for the dark chocolate. Okay, dark chocolate, folks. Ferrero Rocher's. Um, I'd be curious what would happen when they get chucked on the ice if they really uh, <laughs> disintegrate or not. Um, yeah, they might. They might. Um, but folks, that would only be for the Challenge Cup final. It's not ran by Sheffield. They didn't support me. I went off on my own. What are you going to do? Ban me from the arena? I live in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you do have a problem, Sheffield, just let me know and I'll stop. You know, I'll try to stop having fun. <laughs> Other ways we know each other. You are also a member of Moonrise Sports that I just joined. Yeah. Yep. I saw you on there. Yeah. It's, it's like a catalog of shed guys on there. Tansy's on there. Matt Cruz <laughs> on there. And no, yeah. uh, Stefan Fournier. Yeah. You can talk yeah, to know, any of us, folks. Just let us know, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, I'm, I I just kind of got signed up with it. And um, it's it seems like a really interesting platform. And it does. I think um, – especially with the the fan base here in Sheffield and some of the other places I've played, like it might be a good tool to use. And I think I, it's cool that we're in this like day and age where, you know, as a younger hockey player, you could possibly reach out to people, maybe people that you idolize or guys playing in your hometown where you're growing up. Like it would have been nice to, it would have been cool to have those things. Like when I, you know, you know, when we were growing up playing, like just to pick the brain of, a guy that you go watch on a daily basis and somebody maybe who's a little bit more, I don't know, closer and like in touch than NHLers are just in such a league of their own. Right. But it's like, I agree. I feel like we have so much hockey advice to give and, you know, just because we never made it to the high, the best league in the world. I think that the opinion and the viewpoint, it's just trying to get as much knowledge as you can. So I think it's a really cool idea. And 
I think I'm going to try to utilize it. I, I agree too. And for me, um, I want to raise my family and give them roots in a small town in this town. I love it here. Um, but I do love coaching and I, I love coaching minor hockey. Um, you know, that's a volunteer position, but like, it gives me everything I need. I have a team that tries to win championships. Um, but like, I love coaching and helping people. And if anybody did want my coaching advice and sent me something and wanted me to review it, it would mean the world to me because you're right. We didn't make the NHL. Um, and when I first came home, I felt like a failure. I felt like my career was a failure. Um, I had a very hard time. I left all my hockey shit in boxes for years. I was fat, depressed, and it was getting called back to Cardiff for my night there. But then talking to all these shed guys, it made me realize maybe I'm not a failure. Maybe I did do some cool shit. I just didn't make the money I wanted to. My family wasn't financially secure when I moved back, and it made me feel like a failure. But I don't think any of us are failures. And I think we have just as smart a hockey brains as the NHL guys. We just maybe don't have the same physiques and whatnot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. I, I couldn't agree more with that. And that's, I think the, uh, you know, and sometimes I, I'd say that some of us are even more experienced than those guys because of what we've had to go through. Uh, There's a lot of ups of, and downs in our journeys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, and it's, you know, the, just the, the job security at times wasn't great for us and like always never knowing, you know, that that's a, that's a luxury that we never got to experience. And, you know, I think it's, it's made us harder and stronger because of those experiences. And I um, totally agree so, with you, man. You really hit home on me. <laughs> yeah, no, brother. Sorry. It took a turn there. I got emotional, but I, I, that's, well, I no, just think so it's did great, I, Cause like, if you look yeah. behind, if you look behind me now, I have all my jerseys out. I have I some awards out, but then it's all those guys on my back wall that made the time for me that work around my busy schedule that come and talk to me for free voluntarily because we're buddies and because shed guys, no shed guys. And all those, all of you guys have brought back my love of the game. And now yeah. I'm proud of what I did instead of feeling like a failure, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Brother. It was all about the journey. So anyways, folks, if anybody wants coaching advice from us, smart guys, you can go to Moonrise Sports and check us out in ice hockey. And there's other shed guys. And I'm sure each of us would have um, different things that you could pick up from if you want to. We're here to help if you want, right? Yep. Okay. Anyways, you did go to Slovakia. Small world stuff here. Kosice. Halfway through the year, they brought in Dan Seaman as the coach. Mm-hmm. I won that gold helmet with him right there. Oh, nice. Yeah, in Denmark. How did, in how Denmark? did it go with okay. him? Did you like Skosice? Yeah, was, yeah, I did. I, I, You know, like I said, the, the, it, was a, it was a bit of a culture shock. And, you know, my, my wife ended up having some issues getting her visa. And it was kind of the start of the Ukraine-Russia stuff. So it was a little dicey right. there right on the border. Um you know, in our, we started the year with a Finnish coach who I just, you know, I just didn't click with that style as yeah. much. And when Dan came in, like, you know, he's very smart hockey guy, like very good X's and O's. And, um, you know, I enjoyed playing for him for the last, last month for the regular season and then for the playoff run there. And, you know, we got came, came close to knocking off Bratislava uh, in the semifinals and, um, you know, I just didn't think it was 
signing back there was the for right me. Fit. You know, I yeah, yeah I, I had tried it and I'd done it, and um, you know, like I said, the town itself was um, not bad. I think just the hockey expectations of you know the Slovaks are are extremely high, and then like I said, we we struggled to start the year, so it was like just a lot of pressure. And yeah, I just wasn't, yeah, I wasn't interested in really going, going back and, but yeah, I like, I like Dan and so um, my story with Dan though, is like, I think he's a great guy and he did try to help me out after he didn't ask me back. But for me, I had, I had some sour thoughts originally, um, that, you know, I, we won a championship together. I was second in the league in scoring. And then I go in from exhibit and they're like, yeah, we're gonna go a different direction next year. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> what the hell is I supposed to do? But um, yeah, for we sure. ha- we hashed it all out in the shed. I feel much better now. <laughs> no, yeah, he's we ended yeah we ended on good terms too. And like I said, I would I would talk to him again, call him if I needed you know if yeah. needed something. And I, I think it's just all about keeping the connections. You know, and, hockey connections are huge, man. Especially when yeah. you're in need of new work, and that was my thing. Was when I was done in Germany, I did not have the connections. I only had my little German pocket, and then yeah. the, you know, I didn't know enough people to really do stuff. But yeah, anywho, um, okay, so yeah, moving on. You went to Northeastern University. So fun fact: I was recruited by them, and I got offered by them, and I turned them down. No way. Yeah, way back when. Where'd you end up going? Western Michigan. Western Michigan, okay. Yeah, so Northeastern wanted me as a true freshman. I didn't feel ready, and I'm a small-town boy from the country. Um, And then I went to Boston, and when I get off the plane and how everybody was driving through that tunnel, it was like like, uh, Mario Kart, man. It was nuts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was just a bit much for me, so I ended up uh, choosing – the Broncos, you know, but nice. so you did go to Northeastern. What a barn they have, eh? Yeah, it was cool, man. I was, you know, it was, they were my second commitment. I originally, I committed to UMass Lowell when I was 17, coming out of uh, like the development camps and stuff. And I think it was just not that Lowell's not a great school. They've had some serious success and stuff, but I think it was more like then they were kind of still building the program up and it was it was hockey east but they were definitely at that time that I committed they were kind of on the lower tier of hockey east and yeah so you know but I just was like focused on like that was my goal was like I just wanted to play college hockey and I was like I got to try to help my folks out with getting as much of a scholarship as I can and so when the coaching change happened and uh Blaze McDonald wasn't there anymore um just decided to decommit because that was always just my I wanted to play for a coach who recruited me yes. um and yes. so I finished finished that season in Lincoln uh, I went back for my 20 year old year in Lincoln and um yeah I got recruited November ish and just hockey school was wanted to go and then found out that they were a bean pot team yeah that was the selling factor for sure and so the bean pot was it. a big deal, eh? Because like, so for me, I didn't know anything about their tradition. I didn't know anything. I didn't know a lot about NCAA hockey when I started getting recruited. And they brought me down to Northeastern and explained that bean pot. And they took me to the Bruins Arena and was like, "You will play here, and it will be sold out." And I remember it because I got to go in the Bruins room. There was the injured guys were skating. I got to meet them. Um, but uh, then they take you to Fenway. And, uh, and then they have a sweet barn where they normally play. Like it was a great setup. I just couldn't handle the, the 
big city, you know, lost too much of a small yeah. town boy. And then the other thing was, I think their school's really expensive, right? Because they told me way back then they only had one player on a full ride. Everybody else wasn't a full ride. And obviously that was the biggest reason why I'm going to go to Western Michigan over Northeastern was theirs was a full ride, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, it is. A, it is an expensive school for sure. And um, yeah, there was, you know, there's just a lot of draw to the city and it was just a different like environment than a lot of guys get on a college you know, when they play college hockey, when you're not on like a college campus, I mean, it, it, we just had Boston as like our campus, you know, yeah. like yeah. it was, everything was accessible with the trains and, and walking around. And I think it, I just really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I was an older freshman too. So it wasn't like I, I, the bars were available to me. I think that's a different, you know, sometimes guys who, it's something to consider if you're 18 and a true freshman and you're going to a school where it's primarily like, it's not a college campus. It's like, you need to be going to the bars, you know, like restaurants, things like that. Like if you're not 21, that's hard to like to do it. Feel involved. Yeah. You know, like it's just a yeah. different feel, but it had a lot of, a lot of good things and to offer. And I, I enjoyed my time there. It was, it was good, man. And yeah, we ended it off on a good, uh, Never won a bean pot, but got to play in a couple of finals. And there's nothing, nothing like that tournament, in my opinion. I think. So for um, the folks that don't know, we probably should explain this because it's probably going to be mainly UK folks listening to this. Is the okay. bean pot is the four Boston universities, right? Boston College, Boston University, Northeastern, and someone else. Harvard. Harvard. And it's a one yep. weekend. Yep. You play the semifinal and then there's a final and it's in the Bruins arena and she's packed. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a two week, it's a two week tournament. So you play on the first Monday of February. So today actually is the first beanpot game tonight. You play Monday and then you play the following Monday and it's just one, you know, Harvard versus Northeastern, BU versus BC, and then the winners play. And, but it's, it's, you know the 17 however many that rink holds i think it's eight, just under eighteen thousand, but it's like students and like the bands and <laughs> yeah like it's it's wild it's playing in the hockey East championship game is wasn't even close to like playing in beanpot finals it just means so much to the the city of boston because it's like yeah. the history behind that tournament um, and that's part of what I like. I, I, I could tell the passion they had for that tournament because that was one of their big selling features to try and recruit you. Right. I, yeah. uh, the other part that really got me though, is when I went to Western Michigan, it was, I broke my thumb and I got to go to both schools to check them out. But I went into the Western Michigan room and they were playing that night and they had everybody's jerseys up and everything. And then they had made a stall for me, right. With Walton 10 and like, you could picture it then. And I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm sold. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. No, I got. A, I had a lot of guys go to Western Michigan that are buddies, and they liked it. So, shed guys, no shed guys. <laughs> they do. Bronco, Broncos <laughs> are a special breed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy, did we have fun at that school? We just didn't win many hockey games, but they do now. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do now. Yeah, good stuff. Um, okay. Other small town stuff was my only year in the East Coast Hockey League. I played for the Daytona Beach Bombers of Ohio. Um, then they are now tits up and <laughs> wasn't long after since we couldn't get any <laughs> sticks when we were in the finals, but we were in the finals <laughs> against the Idaho steelheads who did beat us and won that year. But Idaho, when I got to go there and I'd been living in Dayton, Ohio all year, 
And then I got to go see where how people actually get to live in the East Coast Hockey League. I couldn't believe how nice that city is. Oh, it's great, man. Yeah, it was it was probably one of my favorite cities to play in in the coast for sure. Like you played in some just, good ones, eh? <laughs> I did honestly. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. I haven't. I honestly, I think through my whole career, like the coast, the coast stops that I had, I didn't. I wasn't in a bad spot, um, which is it's lucky. Um, but it, yeah, it that, that, you should see Dayton, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but Boise's Boise's special. Another college town that like other than Boise State football, like the Steelheads are it. And so as soon as football season ends, you know, early January, we would sell out for the remainder of the season and, and playoffs. And it's just a good good mix of – And it's a nice very, little barn right in the middle of town, Oh, right? yeah. Like, and especially, like, for, for road teams coming in there, like, it's so convenient. Like, there's tons of food and, and bars and, like, your your hotel is on top of the rink. So it's, like – all the things that make like the coast a grind, it kind of feels more like American League, I agree. National League level when you, you go you, play you there. You feel like more of a professional than when you are playing that sure, yeah. and you can't even get sticks and you're <laughs> yeah. in the finals of the East Coast. Yeah, when you're or when you're in Wichita, like staying at a Hampton Inn and you got to drive 30 minutes to the rink, like for a morning skate, and then yeah, yeah, there's there's no food but the gas station, the quick trip. Um, Yes, so I understand. Yeah, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. We lived about thirty minutes from the Nutter Center, folks. What a, what a name oh, of a no. bar, the Nutter Center. <laughs> and we would have to drive thirty minutes across town, and then we'd get back to our apartments in like the the low income housing of Dayton, Ohio, man. And there were some funky individuals living around there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Good stuff. Yeah, no, the first year, the first year that I went to Idaho, they had the original apartments, like since they had, when they came into the league that we were still using like the older apartments. But then when I signed back there, they actually ended up putting us in uh, Eagle, which is like 20, 20 minutes outside of like downtown Boise, but like brand new apartments and their setup now for their housing is unbelievable. Well, and they're a good team almost every year. And when you treat people right and you give them what they need and happy hockey players play better. Um, yeah, for sure. It's like, man, when I went to Boise there and it, the sun shone every day, there was mountains around. And then everybody was bicycling around, stopping at patios and drinking beers. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is this place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody's so happy. <laughs> yeah. It's such a like an eclectic downtown and just so many different types of food and bars and pubs and yeah, yeah. it was that's yeah. a blast jeepers um, yeah, so other places though that i've been to that come up with the research team is you're born in colorado springs and when we're talking about fantastic cities i went and played colorado college and i couldn't believe that city either yeah man it's a cool it's a is cool that, little that where you grew up? And, yeah yeah grew up 10 minutes from their campus so Always wanted to go there, just never never got recruited there for some reason. I don't know why. But I, I um, couldn't have played there, man. The altitude wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is a real thing for sure. Um, oh god, I was sucking wind. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's yeah, it was it was great growing up there. I I think like the the hockey market in Colorado has just continued to get better. Like we originally it was one triple A team and I think now we got three in the, in the state so like it's definitely growing and and getting bigger and that's great had some successful guys 
prior to myself and then even coming after me, like that have really kind of helped put it on the map. And I think. And it gives the kids coming up in that town, though, something to aspire to, right? It's like when you see someone from your town do it, then you can believe a little bit more can be done, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. But that, speaking of great cities, man, I go there and I'm, you know, from Elmira, Ontario. haven't seen many mountains in my life when I go to Western Michigan. We fly over to Colorado College and you got a sweet barn, you got restaurants, and then you got beautiful mountains and the sun shines every day. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a yeah, joke. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect weather too. Cause it's like, you don't, you don't get the wind. It can be, you know, it, it can be snow on the ground and it can be cold, but the, like the sun will still be out. So it's like, you still feel like going outside and doing stuff like, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I was definitely, definitely spoiled growing up there. It was, it was, I enjoy it. And I think at some point, I think my wife and I will get back to Colorado and we might make our, our roots shop. there for sure. Yeah. I, I haven't seen many better places to do that. You know, that's <laughs> one of those places when you go there and you're like, so why does anybody live anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, winter there around here when it's winter, you don't always want to go outside. <laughs> yeah. So I sure. know what you mean by that. Yeah. Um, so where you started your pro career, I'm just going to bounce around here because it's way more fun. Um, yeah. South Carolina Stingrays. I did go for a road trip there um, with the Daytona Beach Bombers. And um, that is a sweet barn. That is a sweet setup. And um, what a town. You you played in some great places, man. Uh, oh, it was it was cool. I, we had uh, just lost uh, North Dakota. Uh, in the first round of the NCAA and I was just kind of I just wanted to keep playing and so they were like the first team that reached out to me and I was like I just want to keep playing and get this thing started and I think by the time you're a senior too you're like you're, you're really done some, with school you want to make yeah, some and you're money like, right yeah you want to make some money for sure but it's like you just want to like be done with school yes. so <laughs> I think that was my you know thing I didn't have really any exams I just had some papers and I was like I can finish that no problem I just want to get out of here and like go play and but yeah when I was when I got down there like that setup is fantastic the city is just absolutely beautiful and um you know they really took care of the players and that we were in great apartments and I think we played golf at like four four maybe five courses like they'd give us a nine hole tea time for free any time of the week like that's living it was just yeah it was just i mean you go to practice go play nine holes or 18 if you wanted to play pay for the extra nine like you're, you, and it's it, winter and you're walking around flip-flops bro yeah go sit on the beach after go grab a nice meal shut like up. you shut yeah. your mouth when you're talking to me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that was another one of those road trips, man, with like yeah. you're in that north division and it's a grind, man. Yeah, it is a grind. Is. And then yeah. you go play the Florida Everblades in the semifinals and you're like, you you guys got to do this all year? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you guys did, though, right out of your senior year, you went on a bit of a playoff run with South Carolina. And your pro career started out pretty hot. You had a point a game to end the regular season. And then you play f- like 15 playoff games. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really expect. They had told me when I came down, like, we, we don't know if we're going to hang on to you or not yet. And then they ended up kind of having an injury towards the the end of the regular season there. And so they kept me on. And then I sat the first three games we opened against Kalamazoo 
funny enough. Um, but that's smaller. So yeah, we opened the first three games, got up to a th- three nothing lead on them, and then so they threw me in for game four, and then I just never left the lineup after that. Like, and then you guys came back so on was, them. Yeah, no, it was it was a great like playoff run, and uh, man, we went to game seven against Wheeling. Definitely could have been and. I've actually my first two years, both years, we were like game seven. I was like game away from the from the finals. So, well, I don't like saying nice things to people in my shed, okay? <clears throat> so cover your ears. But um, when uh, when the research team gets hot, I look at championships and I look at playoff games yeah. because I think <clears throat> the way you, you bring a team together throughout a regular season and how everybody is off the ice at the rink. It, it's you got to bring teams together and when i see you're at the start of your pro career that every season you're playing at least 10 playoff games shows me that you know how to bring teams together and you, you hang out with the right people <laughs> with like tansy and champini and like now you see it happening in sheffield and it's like well that's because they have good people that know what hockey's about and um, know how to win and all those playoff games show me that you're the type of guy you want on a team Last nice yeah, thing I'm for, saying to you. <laughs> thank you. No, it's, I think everybody just looks forward to those times and it's hard to like, those seasons are a grind in the coast and the American league for sure. And um, I think I just, they are in Dayton, Ohio, maybe not where you're living. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true, buddy. I'm sorry. I won't, uh, I, I won't talk about the grind. Um, <laughs> it's a grind. There's a is, lot of bus trips. Yeah. Um, but it's, you just look forward to those, like those games. And I think it's just trying to stay in that mindset of like, that's, that's the hockey that we really want to play. That's you know, it's like the, oh, it's yeah. hard to get motivated so in the regular season. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, man. And it's right around this time normally, right? Like it's right yeah. after the all-star game, like January. Oh, Edgar's, like it's tough. Like, unless you're battling for your life to like get in a spot, like it's hard to, stay motivated sometimes for those games like three and three up in Adirondack like it's hard to stay motivated for those but oh, it's that's what you're looking forward to is the the nice weather and then getting to go down to the nice places and play in the playoffs because that's the best well it's life yeah it brings back memories for me was yeah like the time to be alive especially like in Ontario or um wintry places when you've done the grind of the hockey season through the winter and you know you got a squad and you get the playoff time and you're showing up to the rink and the sun's back out and it's warm out and then you know it's playoff time you know yep yep no i love playoff time that's way more fun than playing the regular season but where you are playing now the regular season is the big deal and uh every game is huge eh for sure. That was, yeah, that was an interesting like switch and it was cool like to kind of experience that at a different point in my career where like the, you know, the playoff trophy obviously is important, but like, that's just like the football over here. Like it's the regular season is what really matters. And so that's, it's taken on a different challenge every single night to be, you know, dialed in. And obviously we've taken that approach seriously so far. And I think fortunately so far we're taking care of business. Well, to bring back my experiences is I went through the same thing. I had never played like that. And I went to Cardiff when I was like 31-ish maybe. Um, And I remember playing a game in Belfast and it was like the start of the season. And uh, I didn't block a shot. I went out to my D-man. I didn't get the block done. And uh, I came to the bench and Andrew Lord was our player coach. And he said, 
you have to block that. This is game seven. These regular season games against these teams are game seven all season long. You have to block that shot like this is a championship game. And for me, I didn't really get, I got it once he said that because when I was in the second league in Germany and you got to score a lot of points and you got to stay healthy um, in the regular season, there, there might've been some times I just didn't quite get in front of that shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you do have yeah. to in, in the UK league in the regular season. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely just like the, the habits that you have to have for the playoffs. Like you, tr- you have to have those habits every single game because yeah. it, it means these points mean so much. And so it's like, when you drop a game, it seems like, Oh man, you know, like it's, you guys haven't dropped many though. <laughs> no, not too many, but I th- I, again, I think that that's just all kind of like the guys that Foxy's brought in and then his approach to like our systems and, and how we approach our day to day. Like we're, bu- we're business and we mean business. And I think we've all taken that approach and we've bought into that. So it makes it makes these games in this these months like easier to get up for because we know that like we have to still maintain this and then continue to see this through and, you know so it's, you guys are bringing it every night and you guys believe in each other and it's not just one line and it's not waiting you know everybody's yeah. there together it sounds like okay, yeah let's no, let's absolutely. talk some random shit then okay Hendo, my boy in Cardiff, had a great beard. And I remember we would discuss his beard. And um, he had beard oil given to him while we were in Cardiff. And he would put oil in his beard. Do you have beard oil? <laughs> yes, I do. I do, actually. Um, I've been with a com- I had been with a company for five years. And actually, the guy ended up selling it. He was out of uh, Vancouver. So he was like a Canucks fan. And I met him through he just had messaged me on instagram while i was playing in utica for the for the farm team for the canucks and um so i signed with him he was like a startup had his own like line products that he was like kind of just getting out and i had been with him up until this year and then he had he had just sent me a message saying that he had sold it off like somebody had bought the company for too much money he couldn't turn it down and so That's now awesome. I am technically without a beard sponsor, You're but a I have had agent, one. Folks. You're I'm a free, free agent. I'm back on the market. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if um, anybody's listening to us in my shed, reach out. Let's get this beard sponsored because it's gorgeous. Yeah. So <laughs> right now it's, I'm just using up the last of the, the product that I had from him, but yeah, it was oils and I have a, a, a wax that I put in to help just like style it and, uh, special shampoo and you know I take care of it just like anybody would take care of their hair I just don't have right. any hair so right no um, you, so you take care of the facial hair <laughs> so but, I take care of that yeah yeah no I I and I didn't know about beards right I can't really grow a good one I uh every playoff run I'd go on I I don't get connectors from the mustache to the beard you know I got okay. that gap yeah. there so I got a mustache and a beard and then the mustache gets scared of the beard and starts curling up you know it's, it's a mess every time <laughs> yeah <laughs> but man those beards are wicked awesome and Tansy's growing his out too and man you guys must look tough and mean on the back end <laughs> Yeah, they, we were talking about it the other day. We were like, does the beard add like a little bit of toughness to you, it, you think? It like, does. You know, 100% it, it does. Obviously, he's he's very tough and has fought some very tough guys and over the course of his career. And I don't know. I don't consider myself, I guess, being that tough. But I think I'm more just like 
willing to stand up for teammates kind of, but it, maybe it scares guys away from, from talking to me a little bit. If, if, you know, I would, cause I, 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 I was scared I of guys to... with big beards when I was on the ice. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah. And I mean, like it's a thing. I'm five, nine, <laughs> I'm five, nine. So it's like, am I really that scary with it? I don't know, but you look pretty um, jacked. I've never seen you in person, but you, you look like you got some broad shoulders I, on you. So do you chuck knuckles every once in a while, just when the time comes and you have to do it for a teammate? Yeah, for sure. I, you know, my starting my career in South Carolina, I got to play with Trevor Gillies. And oh yeah. That's a big boy. <laughs> yeah. So, and he was, he was as tough as they came and I, you know, he just showed me things to try to help defend myself. And I just always told him like, I just want to be able to like, Hang help out there. a teammate yeah or, and hang in there if i needed to and yeah so i've i always try to fight at least two three times a year if it calls for it if i get fired up enough to to do it and i, I try to play that that balance between i like being a skill guy and being offensive but also playing with i love edge. the yeah playing with an edge and being physical and like i do i have to stand up for myself because i'm only five nine so it's like guys take liberties all the time on me when they come in on the four check. So it's like, I have to like yeah, play I, aggressive back. And so. I, I agree though. Cause I was a small skill guy. Right. And uh, I used to be able to put up some numbers and you would get some attention. And if you didn't stand up for yourself, man, once you're their bitch, you're their bitch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's, that's, I think my, I'm not squaring up with most guys because obviously I give up a serious reach reach advantage. But if there's but a chance, when the to... when the passion goes and all of a sudden it happens because you're you're yeah. playing on the edge and you're playing hard, it, you get in fights. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm I won't shy away from that. So, okay, mm-hmm. um, poster picks. Uh, the one I just posted and <laughs> yeah. I said best bearded hockey. You got your game face on. You are ready to play, eh? Yeah, that's that that the, the national, national anthem, anthem. Oh. yeah the national anthem is like a zone yep i don't hear anything i don't i don't know it's just like i go go blank for that three minutes or whatever and yeah that was in i was that's a good picture i was in the zone that was a great picture and um i brought it up before on here was that was one of the things i really missed about hockey um obviously you haven't gone through the transition out of the game it uh different for everybody but i think based on what I know about you so far and that you're a team guy and you're, you're all about winning and your teammates. Um, it can be hard for guys like that when you don't have that anymore. Um, jeepers. I got sidetracked, but yeah, I was watching a game and the national anthem came on and you know, in the NHL, they show all the guys in their zone and they all do a little, yeah. little different things. And it just, it hit me really hard, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Because I I was like, I'm never going to feel that again. I'm never going to have the hair standing up on the back of my neck in the zone, ready to go out there and muck it up with my teammates. And <laughs> I hate, I hated it. That, that was when I was still having a hard time with it. Now I watch hockey games. And I'm like, oh boy, these boys are going out to play. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, have you thought about life after hockey? Yeah, I have. Uh, you know, I, I told myself I wanted to, try to play 10 years so i'm on year eight right now so i got two more for sure and then we'll just kind of see but i said 10 would be like a good goal i feel like that's a good good number it'll be you know by the end of it'll be close to probably over 500 games like 
it's a good, you know, I think that's a good And then once you career. get to that point, though, and to me it seems, I don't know, I could be crazy. What do I know? But you, Tansy, Champini, seem like you're having a time. And, um, man, it'd be hard to hang up the wheels when you're having a time. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, definitely. No, it's... I definitely want to finish out the you know, the original goal that I set for myself, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like things that I want to do. And there's a lot, I think the biggest thing right now is like, I have a lot of ideas and yeah. that's like great for right now. And then it's more just like honing in on what it's going to be. Yeah. Just kind of honing in. And it's, I go back and forth of whether I want to stay involved in, in the game or not. My wife tells me all the time, she thinks I'd be a good coach and, and I've thought about I, it, but I, I think, think I would, would want to, I think I want to work with like a specific age group. And obviously it's the, the age group that's the hardest to get jobs, which is college. Um, because it's like, you can, the, the teaching and um, the knowledge that you're trying to instill and, and give back to the game, like those jobs are just hard to come across. Um, but and and for once in my life, I'd like some job security where it's like you can sign a deal in college as a head coach or an assistant coach. And you, you at least know you're going to be there for like three, four years by the time you like get your recruiting classes in and like yep. you see your first recruiting class through then. If you get canned, you get canned. But at least it'd be four years of stability. <laughs> so, I know, and that is you're right, though. And I always saw NCAA coaches and thought, man, they got a gravy train here because they get paid well they're doing what they love and like they make kids lives. Like I can't imagine what's like to call a kid and tell him he's getting a scholarship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be living sure. to do that. Yeah, no. And you know, and I think I, you know, I was an average, I was an average student, but I think I just want to like give back to that even more and just like try to instill like how important the education is. And, you know, I battled with my education and, and my grades at times and just, didn't take it as seriously at times and for sure there were distractions everywhere but I think if there was one thing maybe that I wish I could have like focused on a little better was just like that you know um well I guess that kind of comes with like uh and I have I had the same struggles I won't lie to you yeah. I did what I needed to do to get by I could have done way better if I wanted to or tried harder yeah. um but it's like you were saying your business-like approach with your team this year it's like everything you do, you may as well do it the best you can, you know? For sure. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so I thought about, thought about doing that, possibly staying involved in hockey some way, but then I'm like, man, I've given, you know, by the time I'm all done, it'll, you know, be almost 30 years of my life that I've given to something like maybe it's time to do something different. And so contemplated maybe opening a barber shop, maybe, Getting Nancy like said you wanted to be Santa in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife. Yeah, that's my wife. She wants me to be a mall Santa. Um, there's a good documentary on HBO. I think it was uh, like talks about mall Santas. There's like a Santa camp, and so it's it's funny. You should check it out. But yeah, so that would be my winter gig, just being a mall Santa. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> if you want to listen to me at all, um, I think shed guys should be in hockey. Um, my hardest times in life were when I was out of it. And now all I need to do is talk to guys in my shed and coach minor hockey. And I get all the hockey I need, you know? Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely consider it. Next, next poster pick. Um, You're doing a Sally. Are you doing the bow and arrow? Are you pulling the arrow back there? 
Yeah, that's my favorite one. You shot the arrow. Yep. Must have been a nice goal. <laughs> it was. Jumped up in the rush and got a nice little flat saucer pass that I buried low blocker. Love it. Because I, I actually listen listen to my wife, and she to, she tells me to shoot low all the time and finally <laughs> shot low, and I was just like. <laughs> yeah, you got Sally when you score a big yeah. one. Plus, I hadn't scored. I hadn't scored in. Hey, it had been a little bit. I'm l- l- on a little bit of a cold streak this year. I'm definitely, I'm definitely dishing out a lot, but it's like finishing. I've had some, just some posts and some near misses, and I definitely feel like I should have probably three or four more goals than I do. And it's so that one I had gone like ten games without scoring, and I was just like, oh man, that felt nice. good. It's a good relief when you get those ones when it's been a yeah, while, yeah, especially at home too. Like, but like you say, so with bad. the pressure, it's like when when you're thinking maybe you should have scored a few more. It's pretty nice when yeah. your team still wins all the games. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. That's all comes into like the thought process of like normally I think about that in years past. Like, oh man, I would be in a different state of mind, like going to the rink every day. But it's like here, yep. I just felt like. Yeah, I feel like I probably should be doing maybe a little better than I am for my personal reasons, but like, right? Okay everybody because everybody wants to be as great as they can be. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah, and I and we still all have that. Like, that's the best thing about our team is we still all like want that. But it's like the mindset going into the rink is just different. Like, we're not upset about that. We're not like uh, envious of other guys that are scoring, and maybe we're not because we know it's like it's so, coming around and that, that's know. what yeah what i think in hockey the teams that win it the teams that are the people that don't have the envious like you said but like jealousy right when there's yeah. i've been on teams where guys can really be having a time and if there's guys that are struggling like you can tell they're really not happy for you yeah you know, they can you can tell like they're not celebrating your goals as much as like their own. Right. And it's like, you, you don't yeah. win like that. You, you, you want all your boys to feel good. You know? I know. No, that's that. That's the beauty thing. Like everybody who, everybody who lights, lights the lamp, like we are so jacked up and like excited yeah. for it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's when teams win is when the guys on the ice that didn't score are getting over to that fellow that did as you know and they're as happy as he is um yeah. anyways moving on your next poster pick is your dog in a reindeer outfit is that the one you slapped on champini too <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was actually tans tans actually uh bought that for her he was at a christmas market up in uh manchester and he saw that and he was like i have to get this for hazel <laughs> and so yeah that's her she was she was the reindeer around christmas so she's sitting back uh, here behind me right now i used to sneeze. dress my dog up too to be funny you know fun is fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> so fun uh next poster wait till yeah and then when you start having kids man and then you start dressing them up funny <laughs> <laughs> anyways Next poster pick is you're all dolled up, um, and Tansy's not. He's showing a lot of chest hair in that photo. Is that at your wedding this summer? Yeah, yeah, that was right before, right before the wedding. We were all, all the guys were hanging out, and uh, I was getting ready in my dad's. That was my dad's room, and so we were all just in there having beers and getting ready. And yep. yeah, I know. Um, yeah, that's where I, it happened. That's where the signing happened. Pretty much that night, I verbally committed that night, but I don't remember. That's awesome. Um, yeah, champ champ told me that he was doing some recruiting at your wedding. And I always say like when you're playing with your best buddies, it's so much more fun to play hockey. You can play better. Um, it's pretty neat that you guys like 
the other thing is like when you get married as a hockey guy, you have your hometown people, your family and that, but the actual hockey guys that live wherever in the world that actually make the time and spend the money to be there, it can mean a lot. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And it was a smaller, like, you know, the destination wedding, I think was what we wanted to do because I think it, for a couple of reasons, one, it takes off like a huge amount of stress from, the bride and groom if anybody's thinking about doing it it takes a lot of stress off your plate like planning a wedding is stressful. and, and they basically but, plan it for you right you just show yeah, up and they, do it. that's what i mean like we had two two like zoom calls with the the um wedding planner from the resort and like we had decided everything in two hour long calls done and then we showed oh. up and it was ready to go boom and it was cheaper too than like you know, you go and want to get a sweet venue and everybody's different too. And I'm not knocking how everybody wants to do it, but I just mean, it's a cool option just because like you go and pay five grand for your, just your venue for the night, you know, it's an expensive day for one party, you know, and I know oh, it's, it's, a, it's a lasting expensive. thing, but it's like, we just wanted our family and friends to enjoy a, like a vacation while also going to our wedding. Yeah. It's the end of the season. The boys are all wanting a vacation after the season anyway. That's a good time. Like, yeah, it's, I think it was a perfect time to do it. It's, it was earlier in the summer, so it wasn't as hot in Mexico. And yeah, I think everybody, it was just like an informal thing too. Like sometimes when you're meeting new people in a super formal setting, like a wedding, it's like, you don't really get to know the person. Like you have these like surface level conversations and like, Oh, how do you know each other? And but then, when you're okay, there for we... the week and everybody's running a mock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're there and like, yeah. we're all hanging by the pool and we're all wasted together. Like, yeah. And we're going to really get to know, know why other. they're there and who they know and getting <laughs> yeah, to know exactly. people. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It was a blast. Well, just so you know, I'd never met you before. I'm having a great time today. Thanks for making my Monday better. <laughs> oh, you're welcome, brother. <laughs> Next poster pick, same wedding. You, you're like doing the dip there, holding her. That's a great wedding photo. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was another intricate Tansy story. But his dad, Tansy's dad, was the wedding photographer as well. So really, he, uh, yeah, he just took us around the the uh, the resort there and we were just finding cool spots and one of my wife's friends she works and works in fashion and was kind of helping her do some of the positions with her dress and they just both suggested that that pose and yeah it turned out to be a really cool pick and yeah yeah and, this uh, one's gonna have to go up on the wall in the house someday yeah definitely yep um i didn't want to forget about this when we were talking about northeastern you said you didn't win a bean pot but you are a hockey east champion I am. Yep. I am. We, uh, we won it that my senior year. Um, but yeah, never, never won a bean pot three, three, uh, bean pot finals mm. lost to Johnny, Johnny Goudreau twice. And then Jack Eichel once. Mm. So yeah, was, yeah. That stinks. Tough. but yeah. yeah, senior year was cool. It was a, just a weird start to the year. Like we just could not seem to like win a game. And I think we were like one, and like, even, I mean, talk about like regular season pressure too. Like, you know, that when you're in college, like those weekends mean so much for your standings and like, yeah, like in, then the polls, like nationally being ranked, like, yeah, we didn't have so to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we started this season, like one in 11 or something like that, or one in 10 at Christmas. And then 
we just went on an absolute heater on the second half of the season. And like, we didn't, we didn't lose a game until. May I ask how the, what, like, I I don't know who your coach was. May I ask how he was dealing with the losing at the start of the year? Did he by chance take puke buckets out on the ice and skate you until people threw up? (laughs) No, he did not do that. Oh no. That's what we did at Western Michigan. We actually didn't turn it around. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it was Jim, uh, Jim Madigan was the coach there. And he, you know, he was struggling. Like, I think I was his first recruiting class too. So like we had, you know, he had seen that transition for four years. And I think like, you know, That's he was probably cool the guy to some... get her done with his first recruit with yeah, his first sure. puppies. Yeah. Like we, you know, we had made that the, the four year trek and like finally got to like see some results and then since since i left you know they've been kind of they've made the tournament pretty much i want to say almost every year since and then they've won three or four bean pots since then so like i I, i'd like to think that it was my class that helped that that season maybe that we finally like got some hardware for the school and again it had been a while so like we had finally won huge for a school to win it's huge for any team to win just kind of helped get Northeastern over that hump of like, ah, we're kind of like a second class school in hockey East. And like, you know, we, but now they're, they're a threat. They're a threat in hockey East every year. So it's like, it was really cool to, to cap off part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Senior year with that for sure. Cause I would agree when I went there for the recruiting trip, they weren't a sought after school that like, I was like, I'm going to go there and win something. Um, yeah. When I got recruited to Western, they're actually ranked top 10 in the country. And, she went straight downhill from there. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, you never know what your impact is or whatever, right? When I was at Western Michigan, when we went to the rink, nobody wanted to be there. It was fear. Um, we were scared of what they were going to put us through. Um, the skating was outrageous. Um, when we started losing, the team atmosphere just dissolved right in front of me and I'm one of the leaders on the team and it, it, it was tough, but I, I made sure my team, we were a family and we were brothers for life away from the rink, but then, you know, I couldn't control what it was like when we went to the rink. Um, and yeah. we are still brothers for life. Now I can text or call any of those guys and they will be in the shed in no time. And, <laughs> you know, maybe we didn't win anything while I was there, but I tried to instill that, we are brothers for life and you know we didn't win much though it was tough times yeah. no for sure man that's those are good connections to to always carry through and like we talked about earlier that's i feel like we value those connections so much and you know you you obviously have done a great job continuing yours with what you're doing so well it's amazing how many how big my hockey family is now <laughs> <laughs> yeah right because <laughs> well not like once i get to know you and like i take a shine to you now i'm gonna be following you guys to see if you're doing good see if you got a shed boost you know <laughs> yeah absolutely. do you know after champ came on the the first period after a shed trip he had like a goal and two assists or something everybody was writing to me saying shed boost is real <laughs> yeah he, he had five points last game so since the interview he's like <laughs> 10 points in his last four games or something like that. Jeepers. So he's going to want to come why. to the shed I all the time. To I wanted to schedule this as quick as possible. <laughs> but like, honestly, and then for me, it's like how much happier I am in life now that I'm back to being my old self and back to being a hockey guy again. Um, when I was playing, when you're doing well, there's not many people that tell you like people mm-hmm. 
people don't tell you how nice your goal was or how nice your pass was, like I, you could, you know, people might talk about it elsewhere, but they don't tell you to your face. And I think hockey players should hear how well they're doing. I think they should hear when they make a great play that they should do that again. And that's when, now that I'm coaching under 13 team, that's what I try to do is when, when yep. they do something, I want to tell them how good they were, you know? Yeah, no, it's, and that's another area of, of Aaron Fox, like how he, how well he's done to like still encourage us and, you know, highlight the things that we're doing so well, you know, like he's always very picky about what he shows us in video. And it's when we're prepping for teams, but it's like, he shows us the things that like we're doing well and like that, the nice highlight reel stuff. Like we have a little section at the end. That's like, he shows the goals. Like he shows that stuff because like he wants us to continue to believe in it because it's working. You know, so I think it's just as important as it's, showing the bad that's stuff. What, what's so important about having a coach that can relate to you, that's been through yeah. the ringer of a career. And um, like you'd remember the coaches that like every video session was like, you didn't even want to go because you no, knew yeah. you don't, you don't know what they're going to show. And all of a sudden you're getting <laughs> ripped apart in front of all your teammates. And you're like, yeah. Whoa, like, I didn't know this no, was no. coming. <laughs> yeah. You just never wanted to be the first clip. <laughs> <laughs> you just want well, to you like can show in positive in the things in video folks. If I'm not, yes, I'm not, I'm not doing any video in under 13, not a chance. So if anybody tried to tell me to, I'm not doing video in under 13. Those boys are just going to go play and I'll tell go them when play. they did good things. <laughs> go play. Yeah. Um, you know, what's fun though. My, uh, my under 13 teams having like the same season as you guys. <laughs> Unreal. That's awesome. Yeah. 30 and three right now. I think it is. With a few ties. Yeah. Must be it's the like, coach. It's gotta be the coaching. No, no, it's the puppies. That do it. <laughs> I don't play. <laughs> I just let the boys roll, and we got the same team as you. We, I got three lines, and all three lines can score. I get 5D that you just roll them, but then I do have a couple horses that it's like, well, like they're game changers, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And they are coming to the shed. I got my I got my horses booked. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, what else do I got here? Let's see. Um you did as a college free agent. So you said you didn't go to school till you're like 20 or mm-hmm. whatever. You're an older college guy. So yep. um, when you do get to pro, you're older than most. Same like I, I was a little older too, but um, you did end up getting called up to the AHL. You played quite a bit in the AHL. Do you remember the first time you got called up to the AHL? Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, got the call at like 1130 at night. We were had to fly out the next morning early to Hershey. I was in South Carolina, and so got called up to Hershey. And that rink, if any anybody's nobody's got a chance to ever play in that rink, or they don't understand, those fans are very on par with Sheffield. All like, right, very packed. Oh, they got a hell of a hockey. franchise there, right? They're good every year. Yeah, it's very very historic American League franchise, and yeah, that was a really cool experience. That their rink holds. 10 maybe just over um it was a fantastic environment and yeah and just you were chasing it and so it was like you felt like you're really yeah i was so happy yeah Yeah. i was so happy and like i didn't play but you know obviously i was call up in the 60 in the lineup so i didn't play very much but and then they kept me around for a couple weeks but yeah it was just like just a great experience and 
Well, it's, it's, it's neat. And I like when the older fellows that get hockey and get a team and get about winning and maybe weren't the highly touted prospect when they earn their way up there based on how they're being a teammate and a player. Um, I like that shit, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's, what's so unique about our game too, is everybody's path is just so different and, that's how I can how do this, do right? and, Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And that's, I think that's what I love the most about, about our sport is just how, how many different ways that guys can achieve their goals or how many different journeys they take. So I agree. And uh, yeah, you've had an interesting path too. So um, after your, it's like five years in the coast in the A and you're up and down and it is a grind, uh, but you're living in some sweet spots. Um and you're in Boise. So what's the decision? How did you end up going to Innsbruck? Yeah, it was just like they had, they'd reached out and then there was kind of talk like. So they reach out my... to you. You're not saying, I want to go to Europe, find me something. I was kind of like still, I didn't know if I should give it one more year. You know, like you're, you're always kind of like, at least I was always told like, you know, you don't want to go to Europe necessarily too early. Like you don't want to necessarily give up on it that's just what my agent was saying. And like, my dad was even like, Hey, Europe will be there, you know, like try to try to give it as much of a chance in the U S as you can. And like, try to get as high up as you can. And so when COVID hit, I was just like, maybe like, should I give it one more season in, in the coast in the American league? And, and then I found out that they weren't going to even start on time. So I was like, I don't want to go, you know, six months without playing yeah so i'm gonna go and then there was even like talk that with my agent like oh i might come back like once the american league and the coast starts again but we just had too good of a, a group like of guys that i enjoyed and and we were having fun in innsbruck and it was we weren't winning very many games but we were having fun and the city was gorgeous and i was i was loving the two games a week, like being home in my own bed every night, like not playing three and threes or, it's a thing. Yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, picking up the, the travel miles, like it was just, it was nice. And so I just made the decision then that like, I wasn't probably going to come back to the coast. I ended up having to do that for a year just last year, but it was, you know, I just thought it was time to check out Europe. So, yeah, like you brought back some memories for me because I did have a good college career. Um, and then when I got to the AHL, didn't really go my way, end up in the coast and we do go to the finals. And um, it came to the decision of if I'm going to do the coast or not. And I had the offer in Germany. I turned them down the first time. Then they called back two weeks later and they're like, "We, you are the person we want. You, you we want you on our team. Have you rethought of this? And then I'd had a few calls with buddies that had one, one guy said to me, he's like, do you think you're going to make the NHL? And I was like, based off my rookie year? No, I don't. And he's like, so what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh. and then I did end up going. Um, but like you said about not giving it the fair shake, I did have a hard time, especially when I went to Germany. And then like my second year, I was really doing her. I had the best year of my career before I hurt my knee. Uh, we win the championship and I'm watching my college line mate play his first NHL game. And um, I had a hard time of thinking, did I leave too soon? Should I have given this a bigger shot? 
And yes. then it's like, well, I'm down this road now. I, you know, what am I going to do now? Right. Yeah, for sure. No. And, and like I said, man, there's no right or wrong way. It's just like, I think you just always take that gamble. Like if you leave maybe off of after a good season and like, you might miss that window because the window is so small and it it's your, your, your chances and your opportunities to make an impact are so small. Like that if you, if you leave too soon, then, I mean, really like in the American league, like you're an injury or two away. Yep. So it's like, it's hard to like give that up Yep. or think about giving that up right away. Um, so but yeah, man, I mean, I think because I've seen also that happen too. like guys go and then they come back and they sign American League deals and they can get in the NHL that way. And, so it's and, like, and like for me, my thought was I want to make a career in Europe. I want to go there, yeah. do well and work my way up to making good money that it is a hockey yeah. career. Right. And then yeah, exactly. I was on my way there. Then I blow up my knee and then I never did get out of the second league in Germany. And uh, then all of a sudden I wasn't even going to ask back to go there. And I was like, Oh shoot, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Innsbruck is a city um, drove past yeah. there and Austria is a beautiful place. Eh? Yeah, definitely. I would, I would love to like, you know, if, if it was to work out or I could play a couple more years, like I'd be cool to like, even, even if I didn't make the top Austrian league, like I'd love to go and even play in that second league, maybe in Austria again. Yeah. And just like, you know, it'd be just a cool like experience too. And um, relax and just play the game. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It's, I definitely love, I love Sheffield and honestly, I would definitely come back in a heartbeat if they wanted me to come back and, um, but yeah, there's some other spots in Austria and even Italy that I've considered nice. like, but those would be sweet spots just to go live and check live out and, and do it for a year. Um, I was yeah. having the same thoughts there. So I had my year in Cardiff, I was doing well. And when it came down to decision time was I got offered from Morzine, France. And I was like, so we could live in a ski resort, um, in France for the year, or I could come back to Cardiff and I did choose to stay in Cardiff because of the people um, and my teammates. Uh, but there are a lot of adventures you can go on when you're playing in Europe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And I think too, I, I, I know, I know at the end of my career, I want to go check out the league in Australia too. Oh yeah. yeah. So like, I'm going to, I think that's where I'm like, how I'm going to end it, whether it be right at 10 years or maybe 11 years, like I'm going to play, why don't you just go 12, do it? 12 months straight. Well, because I'm just going to play for 12 months straight. I know so there's a like, bunch of guys the... that do that, and then they go right yeah. back into the next season. You do need an <laughs> yeah. off season, don't you? No, but that's what I mean. Like, I'll just, I'll just end it after that. Like, last yeah. season, like, That'd play cool. in Europe somewhere and then just go straight to Australia and play and then be done. And every guy right. I've talked to that has gone to that league has ate kangaroo. So you sick bugger, you're probably going to eat kangaroo someday. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, I that was a thing that was on my radar too at the end of my career. Uh, then we had kids and uh, life went different direction. Yeah, but true. I always did uh, want to have gone to Australia and play in that league because um, we like playing hockey, we like the sport, and yeah. we like seeing new stuff. Right, and that it would be an adventure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as long as my wife still wants to go, then we'll go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you, you've lived in Slovakia, Austria, now in England, if you could eat anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you eat? Oh, man. Well, 
honestly, yeah, I'm I'm a big I love Italian food. Um, Me too. Yeah, probably probably go to Italy and just eat pasta for mm-hmm. for days and drink red red wine. Yes, I understand. I'd be yeah. there right with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, and Champini so, did not tell me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do I got? So is, do you find it interesting? Like, I don't know, you probably enjoy playing the UK League, but isn't it interesting how the Slovakians play hockey different than the British and um, then also Austrians? And like, I find each league was very different, especially like Denmark to Germany was different. And then you get to the UK and you're back to mucking it up and playing old school. I, I don't know if it's still the same now, but. Yeah, no, definitely. It was, um, you know, the the top Austrian guys were good. They, you know, had good fundamentals and they could skate. And it, and it was an interesting, like, dynamic. Did they have that real, sport. like, really dig down deep and, like, I'm going to take it to that red line and get it deep. And I don't even care if I get hammered, you know, there were a couple, there were a couple guys, you know, like Raffle and a couple of the like higher end guys that like had true, like grit to their game and like would seriously block shots and like, you know, team first guys kind of, but they just, they were good skaters and the same in the Slovak league. Like they were just smooth and the Slovak league was way more like puck possession had kind of hints of like the Russian style in there too, as well, like the puck possession and, and playing on the big ice over there. It's just like, you don't, you don't chip and chase. Plus I was playing for a Finnish coach while I was in Slovakia. So like that was, we, we played a trap and we controlled breakout and we did not throw the puck away at all, you know? So it was just like a very different style of hockey. And then, you know, you come here and like our, our rink in Sheffield's one size, and then you go play a game in Manchester and that rink, and it's like it's two different styles of hockey, you know. So it's like cool it's at two this stage. Totally like, different games. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's completely different, man. Like it's cool at this stage to be challenged on a nightly basis, like on how you're gonna play. Yeah. Like, okay, this game I have to play completely different. I mean, I probably have when we go to Manchester, I probably have ten shots in a game because I just shoot the puck from everywhere but it's like at home once you're inside the blue line it's a good shot yeah yeah, exactly i mean it's like you get you get across the red line it's like putting it on net is a dangerous shot yeah and And then you get to sheffield and you could be in the offensive zone it's still a mile away from the net (laughs) exactly and so you're just like playing a different game and um and that's i i think our team is unique in that sense too is that we can play all different types of of games because we're so like we're built like physically, but then we are such a skating team. Like puck possession is like create our puck possession time. Every single game is like, we control the puck for 60% or more of the game. Like, so it's like, however we want to play, we can play that way. And so it's just, it's, it's a blast. I like, I like the UK style, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed at the end of my career getting to go to the UK and like, feel like I was back in my hometown mucking it up with my Mennonite fellas. Um, like yeah. I, 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 I like when you go out there and give her all you got. Um, and what is interesting for me, especially now I've gotten to know you shed guys in Sheffield is um, the other teams in that league try really, really hard to win. Cardiff is not okay with finishing second at all. Like they're not okay with it and they will do whatever it takes to win. And same with Belfast. And I find it very interesting how, 
like how you guys have just been rolling with like even with the competition you're playing against like, you're just rolling yeah it's like i think I mean, there's good teams like the every team we play is like I, there's good players like they they play us hard and i think too like we're in a unique situation too because we get everybody's best yeah like anytime well, we go place, play somebody do, right yeah. yeah for sure and so that's that's another challenge like in itself like we get their best every single night and so i think that that's we have success by just sticking to what we do and we don't up up a goal down a goal like we just we just play and we just like focus on our details and our habits that we all have agreed to buy in to do and that's what makes us successful and i think too it's like it is the depth is definitely a separator because we have four lines of hockey players just hot yeah just like deep like well-rounded hockey players like we have a lot of 200 foot hockey players like it's it's rare sometimes in europe to have a team full of 200 foot hockey players but we have our guys that have 30 some points are also playing defense and coming back on the back check so that's different you know in certain teams that we play against maybe their top guys aren't doing that well, and that's what it, it takes. It, to it, it happens in Europe when, like, the top point guys—they're worried about their points, and um, they play that way. And yeah, um, especially sure. in Germany, man, it, some of the st- hockey I saw in Germany is like how, like, there'd be guys I'm in the scoring race with in the league, and it's like you go play them, and you're like, "Are you serious? Like, you actually play hockey like that? Like, they wouldn't care at all if they got scored on." Yeah. It, it, it was wild, but yeah, for sure. and it's, yeah. So it's, we, I enjoy, we enjoy playing them. Like obviously they're some of the better teams in the league and we, we enjoy playing them and it's a good game every time. But I think what separated us in the games that we've played them is just the depth and, and our attention to detail. Yeah. And once you get the belief, right. The belief is yeah. a thing. When when it is, when, yeah. when you start grooving, and then everybody's feeling it, and you're grooving, it's hard to stop. <laughs> For sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this Challenge Cup game, I don't know when it happens. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble, but I do know you guys have a bunch of shed guys on your team. Tansy likes Toblerones. Champini likes Cadbury Dairy Milk, and you like Ferrero Rochers or dark chocolate, right? Yep. yep. And fo- folks, it's a big barn. Work your way down to the glass. They're going to have the trophy <laughs> on the ice for a while. You don't have to rush this chocolate thing and throw it from the top. Get right down to the glass. Nice lob. Nobody's going to get upset. And the arena staff can go fly a kite because I'm in Canada. Get out of my way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, like it's for me, it's interesting being so neutral in hockey now in your league because back in the day i would never talk to a sheffield Steeler. i would rather slash you in the back of the ankles and uh spear you in the nuts um but i am a neutral observer of the league and i'm very impressed with your team i'm very impressed with the roster and the results and uh, what your coaching staff's doing what the players are doing um but also i'm impressed with your fan base you see the pictures of that arena you see Steeler Dan playing paper, rock, scissor with Barry the Baguette, who wears a two L's and hockey tails hat in the barn. Um, I got no problem with Sheffield anymore. And you guys are, yeah. you guys are really hockeying this year. <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's a good, it's a good experience. All the games are just, 
the crowds are are amazing and it's it's truly a blessing to play in front of that many people on a on a weekly basis um it can make you and they've just been right and like you're really yeah, doing no, something when there's that many they people really do there. yeah i you know and champ champ did a good job of trying to prep us for that of like how passionate they are about us and it's just the love and support that we've had from the community is it truly is the best place to play probably in this league in my opinion um but, um, in, in, anyway. Ch- in Manchester, they get paid with chocolate um, when they win. <laughs> and in, in Cardiff is uh, the f- my funnest place I've ever lived. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Um, you can do lots of things in Cardiff, and it's really fun. <laughs> Even if you're like a young dad, there's still f- play places. Then there's yep. bars, there's restaurants, there is everything you need in Cardiff, Wales, folks. <laughs> But uh, you guys should keep up the great work, and um, you know, I I don't know what else to say. I'm just watching the league nowadays, seeing chocolate happen, and I hope you guys win the Challenge Cup and that you guys get the chocolate you deserve because those fans are passionate about you, but you guys are also passionate about them. The three guys I've had on, I do select who I'm having on in the shed, and it's the people I see that are hockeying. And I've seen multiple pictures of you before I ever met you, of you with fans taking pictures, signing stuff. And um, it doesn't take long to figure out who knows how to hockey, you know? Yeah. No, I just take that as a, that's part of the, part of the job and part of the responsibility. And I embrace that side of it. I think uh, I'm an outgoing person. I like talking to people. And so it's, it makes it easier for sure. But I think that's part of, all hockey players responsibility to to give back to their communities and we make those people's nights for those pictures and signing those things like as taxing as that might be to do it Take over and over again with a kid you imagine how taxing that it, could be guys i know but it means the it means the world to them so i don't i don't mind doing it and, and you you may you probably don't realize what you're doing while you're doing it that it's like that kid gets that picture He's probably getting it printed and putting it up in his bedroom and it could be there for years, right? <laughs> yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. And you don't yeah. realize this shit till you get out in your shed sometimes, but this guy already gets it, folks. <laughs> yep, and this has right. been you another episode of Two Hells and Hockey Tales with Sauce and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm a gold band. I'm like Pete, I'm